Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Perimenopause Power. It is Lisa and Natalie here today, flying solo. How are you, Lise? I'm good, Nat. How are you today? Really well. We thought it was a great opportunity to come together and, as we do, have a bit of a conversation about some of the things that we're doing, some of the things that we're seeing, and really just giving everyone a bit of an update on our focus and and where we're really putting our energy to create real change around menopause, perimenopause, even menstrual health in the workplace. It's a bit of a behind the scenes chat when you say today, Nat. It is. We're just sort of winging it, aren't we? Just having a conversation like we do. You and I sit in our office very often just having conversations, (laughs) bouncing (laughs) ideas off. Did you see this? Did you see that? And we thought, let's roll with it today. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've obviously talked about menstrual health menopause health being a taboo topic and it's very clear from a conversation that we had this week with a number of lawyers uh, all of them women in the you know universal space basically across the world it was an amazing chat and um, you know even still we're hearing more discussion about um, menopause especially and menstrual health but there's still so much change and conversation that needs to happen in this space. And you you would have to say that it's still definitely a taboo out there, even though it's opening up a whole lot more. And one of the um, stats from the Grattan Institute that we actually come across, it talks about the Grattan Institute found that the addition of 6% more working women would grow the Australian economy by $25 million in addition to building economic, uh, sorry, billion, not million, billion, in addition to building economic independence. And that was like a bit of a wow statistic for us because, you know, we're here at the moment of, especially in Australia, of these labour shortages um, that are happening on the back of the pandemic that we've all had to go through. And it does make you wonder how... If we were giving some more support into having women working with us in the workplaces and supporting them, that uh, growth that we see there in that stat could be a very real thing um, that can happen. So it was quite powerful, wasn't it, Nat? Yeah, it really was. And and coming back to that workshop, or we're actually going to be on a panel for uh, She Breaks the Law next week. And specifically, we were approached to talk about menopause in the workplace Mm. because they are seeing this being quite impactful on women in the workplace. And as you said, we were on a Zoom call with about six other women talking about not just our work, but also what these Mm, women are seeing, their own personal experiences And the number one thing that really stood out for me in that conversation was that sharing personal experiences was really powerful. And and one of the ladies or panellists who's going to be on, she's going to actually talk about her own personal experience. And 
that has just really shown how much women just relate to that. And we see this in the podcast too. I mean, mm. every guest that we've had on has shared their own personal experience. And as women, we're really connecting to that. And that's really helping to normalize, um, start the conversation, really help support other women as well. So it's going to be a great conversation that we're going to have next week. And we're pretty excited about it to shine a light on not just what's happening in Australia, but also what's happening across the world. And interestingly, and through our own work, Lise, we see the UK are very much ahead of Australia when yes, it comes to menopause support. Yes. yes. And half of the women that were on the call the other day, they are within the UK. They're not seeing it. And they're no. not seeing it. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing shifts in government. We're seeing shifts in schools, workplaces, there's a lot of menopause experts out there as well supporting women in mm. the UK. So that was really interesting, wasn't it? It's an eye-opener, actually. And, you know, I'm just, um, you know, we're always reading and there's a great book by um, Handpicked, which do a lot of work in the menopause space, especially over in the UK. And they talk about um, in the book that one in three of the workforce in um, in the UK is over 50. So it's not just important for employers to retain, you know, the valuable investment they've made in their employees in this age group. It's also important that, you know, that they're supported and they can perform at their best and enjoy their work life. So it does beg the, you know, the question about, you know, what else is happening there that they're not seeing or they're experiencing so that they're not losing those valuable trained employees as well. Mm. So um, so handpicked is a really great you know, it has some really good information there in relation to helping to break those taboos within the menopause or work workspace as well for perimenopause and beyond. They've also highlighted how line managers, and which has definitely come across in our research and the work that we're doing, have concerns around discussing menopause with women. And this is from a male perspective, and we've touched on this in previous um, in previous podcasts but also younger women. And it just really points to that education not being there right from high school even around the discussion around menopause. You've got these young women coming up, which it's fabulous for them to see older women in the workplace and what they're achieved and what they're still achieving and how they're contributing so much to the workplace. Great role models for them, but yet they don't have that knowledge around menopause and and let's face it you know there's many scenarios where you've heard an older woman has a a younger line manager that's female and how powerful would it be for that younger line manager that is female to know about menopause and be able to have a proper conversation with them about what they're going through how they can support them Mm. yeah definitely and it opens up it just opens up the conversation, right? Mm. And just on that too, Lee. so Victorian Women's Trust, they've actually released a book about menstrual health and menopause in the workplace. And they've titled the book Ourselves at Work. And I love that because, mm. you know, when you look at everything that's happening in the world with the workplace, what people want most is being able to bring themselves and be themselves in the workplace. And that is just shining through so much and for women a lot of us or most of us are masking ourselves at work whether we're struggling with menstrual health whether we're struggling with um, menstrual conditions coming into menopause and the symptoms that we're experiencing and again it just highlights the importance of 
creating that environment, being that space where people can just be who they are and come to work with what they're experiencing, knowing that they're going to be psychologically safe and able to communicate what's going on. And one of the questions, they did a survey and one of the questions they posed was what what would make the transition to menopause a better experience? And 35% came back and that was the highest ranking to say reliable information. And we see that so much that mm. that is really the missing piece that we haven't got the information. And, and just on that reliable information, if you think about the amount of time that you're spending in a workplace, how powerful would it be for an employer to help, uh, you know, bring experts in that can come in and train line managers, um, you know, and also give education to the employees working there around providing that reliable information and, you know, just being able then to go to work to to learn and to be able to talk about it openly like we do, as I keep banging on about it, so many other topics that have come in before it. Mm. You know, we talk about oh, you're pregnant and, you know, that's great. It's a big conversation. I mean, it wasn't that long ago um, that women were um, basically told they don't have a job anymore because they're pregnant or they got married. And um, that just, I know that blew my 17-year-old son away when he heard that step not long ago. Um, So reliable information is really important. And, And, you know, we talk about menstrual health too. And, Another question that they ask is what would make their period a better experience? 30% of women talked about being able to talk more openly about it and 24% said being able to ask for what I need from a partner or an employer. Together that gives us over 50% of responses in that question around that workplace and, you know, being able to talk more openly about it. And I think that's the key because one of the things that really comes up time and time again is that women want women and men let's be you know frank want to be able to talk about it but someone's scared to make the first move and you know if i was in a workplace and i had someone talk up about it i would think just how powerful that is that they're starting a conversation around it and you know we're always you know what's that negative bias in your head you know we're probably too scared to bring sort of topical conversations up but you only get one, you get one person and pretty soon you've got everyone putting up their hand to add into the conversation. They can't talk about it quick enough. Mm. And that's exactly what we see. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And that's what drives us. I mean, as much as we're in this space, supporting women, coaching women around their perimenopause and menopause journey as well, supporting them with lifestyle factors and also bringing this into the workplace We've definitely got a greater mission there that we really want to advocate for real change and see these conversations happen, not just in the workplace, but in family, in schools, mm-hmm. in community groups. And part of that education is a big piece. And when we have that education and we have that awareness, that then opens up the opportunity to talk about what we're experiencing. I mean, look at you know mental health. There's been so much stigma around mental health and now we talk about it and it's been through that education, it's been through those personal experiences that have really advocated and created that change and really that's part of 
what we're doing with the podcast here. That's part of what we're trying to do outside of our, our day job as well in terms of, you know, our coaching and support. We're really trying to create some real change at, you know, at higher levels. And hopefully, you know, we have some things to talk about uh, very soon from some of the, the catch-ups and meetings that we've got happening. Yeah. But it's really, you know, who takes that first step? And um, there's a really great post on LinkedIn that we got tagged in actually. Mm. And, and we love that when perimenopause or menopause comes up or women's health, everybody's tagging us or sharing links to us. It's it's really great and really humbling to be seen as those people who creating you know, that change. Yeah, creating that yep. change. Yep. And it was a board from the UK underground and hello to our UK listeners. You'd be uh, well aware of what we're talking about, but the UK underground is basically um, the, the train train line and they had a great big board, which was written by a company called All On The Board and it had service announcement, date and time. And then it just listed off symptoms of menopause mm-hmm. and perimenopause and, you know, right through all the symptoms. And then at the end, it said, you know, we can't imagine or, you know, put ourselves in your shoes in what you're experiencing, but we can bring awareness to what's happening. And hashtag we got you there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you know, just putting that in the underground where I'm sure there are many, many thousands of people who, well, I know I, I lived there for a period of time, use that that train line just to see that, you mm-hmm. know, and even just to see the word menopause. Yeah, just making it real. And I think if it was me walking past it, because as you know, Nat, I'm right thick in perimenopause at the moment, um, it would make me breathe a little sigh of relief, I think. It's like, oh, yeah, someone gets it. Mm. And the more people, you know, those someones that becomes a bigger group and a bigger group, um, the more that helps to just creating that angst or uh, relieving that angst that a lot of women go mm. through by not being able to mm. feel that they can talk about mm. it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So imagine the conversation starters in the workplace that oh, day when they saw huge. that board. That's what I saw yeah. on, 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 you know, on the underground today. Yeah, and that creates that flow-on effect. And, and they're the conversations that we're trying to really create in the workplace yeah. and to, you know, create that, that greater change. Yeah, and I think that the workplace, you know, uh, We've often um, talked about uh, workplace policies around menstrual health and menopause health. And you know what? There's actually a number. I'm seeing a number of um, organisations, especially in the last, I'd have to say, two to three months that are actually bringing on some policies around this. And I liken it back to, you know, workplaces operate within those legislative and compliance um, policies around national, state um, and local uh, networks and bodies. And we already have a set of policies that that relate to the working environment around, you know, how you, you know, how, what's an expected work behaviour, what kind of behaviours and standards are expected, you know, not telling people what to do, but you've got to have a bit of a basis in which to work from, right? So, you know, we might have a social media policy around, um, you know, what what's acceptable to post from a work point of view. Uh, we have a policy around parental leave. We have a policy around dress attire, you know, what's, what's applicable and things like that. So it really doesn't make any more difference around having, a, you know, a policy around menopause and menstrual health. So that's where I like to help people shift that framework around why a policy is needed and 
you know what, men obviously go through different things as well in their life and there are policies there to support them. And if there's not, that's, you know, on the flip side, that should be a policy that workplaces also look for. You know, we're not obviously just advocating for women here. It's also men as well. But menopause does affect men. And, um, you know, I think that's something that we sort of, we don't see the whole picture because, uh, you know, I've read countless stories over the last few months of men actually how they're supporting their women. And there was actually a really powerful, um, another post that we were tagged in this week around a lady on LinkedIn that was asking the men in of LinkedIn around how how she can actively help manage her menopause. And look, some of the stuff that came back was just really funny um, in a really positive way. They were obviously trying to give her that support of, you know, you've got this and, you know, um, you know, this is what we found. And uh, it was quite funny. But, you know, men are really across this this subject as well. And I think that's something that we we talk about that patriarchal thinking um, that's going on. But there's definitely a shift around, I, I believe, around how men are also thinking about it. And they at the end of the day, they want to have the knowledge to be able to support their, you know, their mums, their wife, their daughters and people and their friends that are going through it. Mm, yeah, and we see that. We've seen that in the conversations we've had. And, yeah, and that was a funny post because she was sort of a bit tongue-in-cheek as yes. to say, well, all the medical, you know, research has been done by men, all the support is driven by men, but men have never been through it. Mm, so, you know, mm. can you tell me, men, what, how do I support myself during this? Yeah, so it was quite, yeah, funny. it was yeah. a cheeky, it was a cheeky post, but yeah. it, it, you're right. It was good to see, you know, the comments and the feedback and, and mostly were positive. And there were a lot of men that commented on that post as well. There was, there was. And, you know, going back to your psychological safety point before Nat, that policy around menstrual and menopause help, helps to make uh, the employees working there that you know they can go to work knowing that they're in a safe environment and that it's an easy topic like you know I've got a cold I talk about it I'm going through cancer I talk about it I'm having a baby or you know god forbid if there's been uh, you know some other things that have happened generally people want to talk about it so mm-hmm. this just makes it that little bit more I don't know if acceptable is the word the word but it it should give you know, the people working in a workplace, the comfort that they can freely talk about these things. And let's face it, we're talking about so many more taboo topics these days than we ever have been. Mm. You know, it's funny because I'm just watching, um, I'm a bit late to the show, but I've just been watching the Sex and the City um, new episodes on Binge recently. And they bring out, it's, it's, it's actually really refreshing. They bring out a lot of topical topics and that, that, you know, you Probably, and I think Sex in the City, when it first came out, that really was really amazing at raising lots of different taboos. And it was like, oh, my God, you're talking about vaginas and, you know, all these kinds of things. And now it's 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 creating that again. But, it, it, you know, the way that Carrie and Miranda and not Samantha, what's the Charlotte. other? Charlotte. Yeah, they just bring them up in conversation just na- as if they're a natural thing. And they are not as if, they are a natural thing. And it just, it, you know, that's what's really struck me by watching this series. It's helping to normalise those taboo, and I really, really love that. Mm, yeah, it's so true. I remember thinking the same thing, that mm. they really, you know, they haven't gone back in time. They've really moved with the times and having those conversations yeah. that, 
are just normal and you don't even flinch. I mean, had they had those conversations 20 years ago, we would have been, what? You know, yeah, but it's amazing. Yeah. It's, I think Which it's, we were back then. Yes. Like, you know, it was like, oh, my God. Yes, like, yeah. But it got you talking, didn't it? It did, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and know. I think for me, I've watched the series and that highlighted to me just how far we've come oh, and huge. just the evolution of, yeah. around what we've spoken about and, and what is now acceptable and, um, and, and made aware of. Mm, so it's good. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny, this week I also watched the, um, or over the last week or so, the Ruth Gin- Ginsburg, I think I've got her. Ginsburg. Ginsburg, sorry. Um, documentary on um, on Binge as well. And I've just found that I, I knew of her and I knew roughly what she had done, but I never really knew a lot about her life and what she's done for, you know, equal opportunity and all those kinds of things uh, across the board from, you know, the, the 40s, 50s, I think we're talking about starting, you know, get your first female person that was on um you know studying in law at a university and I just feel like I know it's all happened in the US but I just feel like she has had and again I'm a bit late to the party here but as I tell Nat I probably have lived quite a sheltered life but um and and you know but we we need to I think it's really important to understand what all of these women and men have done to be able to change these things and create help us create these conversations moving forward Mm. Yes, um, yeah. definitely. And it creates a bit of a benchmark for us. Because, it does. As I said, we do have an audacious vision and mission, but we're very confident that we can be enablers of this change and, mm. and help create this change. And and part of what we're looking at too, and, and this is also a call out to anyone who's listening who may be interested, is we want to offer the opportunity to create um, ambassadors or champions of change for those women and men who would like to be advocates for this change within their workplace and you know it's going to take a collective voice and collective action to create this awareness create the education and we'd love to bring others along the journey with us and and as part of that you know we will provide that education and provide that support and help you be an enabler within your workplace and so you know if you've got that that passionate drive, that purpose. And and we've seen, you know, when you look at the, and we've spoken about the career life cycle of women, you know, that 40s and that 50s and 60s, we are looking for that greater sense of purpose and passion. And yes, we love our jobs, but we're looking for something that really helps us make an impact. And it's our own personal experiences that that help support that. And I mean, you and I are testament to where we are today Mm. based on our own personal Mm. experiences of, you know, stress and losing ourselves and thinking what on earth is going on to then saying, no, you know what, I'm making a conscious effort to make a change here because what I'm doing is not serving me. It's not serving my health. It's not serving me as the person I want to be and show up to the people that I want to, who I love and show up as I want to. So, you know, it it can be done and we definitely pull on our past experience and and the things that we've done saying, okay, well, we've done that. Look at what we've done in our life. We can try and and create that change obviously on a much bigger scale, but let's bring people along with us and create that collective voice. Yeah, so important. And I think think it's just that, you know, when you look at it simply, it's around, uh, you know, if, if you've if you found yourself in a position where you've been pretty low and, you know, thinking that you can't get back up again, well, here's a really good example to show that, yeah, you can do it. And, you know, we all fall off that wagon, don't we, now and then? And, um, yeah, you keep going. So, 
yeah, look, I'd love, we'd love to hear from anyone that wants to continue the conversation. Um, we'll have more details of um, what that looks like as well um, coming up and um, really looking forward to sharing some of the action-packed things that we've got happening um, over the next sort of three to four weeks, and I'm sure it will fuel quite a few podcasts for us um, to talk about, especially we've got the Menopause Conference coming up in Cairns in two weeks where Nat and I are speaking, and not to mention the wealth of information and um, speakers that we'll learn from and that we can share some um, information with you here on the podcast as well. Most definitely. Well, thank you. We hope you enjoyed our little conversation, uh, perhaps a little rant as well. <laughs> but I think, you know, what really shines through is our is our passion mm. and is and our drive and it's part of our, our life and part of our our work and career, isn't it? It so, is very um, much. Yeah. yeah. And that's and I think that's the thing, you know, like um that is our career. That's what we're really passionate about. So yeah, can't yeah. wait to share more. Yes. And always grateful to have you listening and grateful that we get to do this and and have these conversations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Thanks so much. We'll see you again soon. See you next time. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.